This is Women Authors of Achievement Podcast, episode 67, with guest Sheriban Chirik. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Savorova, and welcome to the show. My guest today grew up surrounded by hip-hop, and back in the days, she didn't really have many role models, and she had to figure out how to turn her passion for music into a profession. Today, Sheriban Sirik is a living example of how you can turn your wildest dreams into a reality. Before becoming the head of hip-hop at Amazon Music, Sherban worked in the music industry for five years as a label manager. Today, she gets to bring artists closer to their fans in new and creative ways. In this conversation, you will learn about the single If I Want, which Sherban produced with six German female hip-hop artists, how to foster change in male-dominated music industry, and how aspiring artists can make their way to the top. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter to learn about future events and live podcasts. Hello, Sherry. Welcome to the studio. I'm super excited to talk to you about music and first and foremost, hip hop. I mean, I haven't talked to anyone about this yet. Oh, really? So here you are, the experts mm-hmm. in the room. So thank you for stopping by and joining me on the show. Thank you for the invite. I'm really nervous because it's my first uh, English podcast. <laughs> this is it. You know, it's the first time. You know, maybe I do a German one and yours and then... Oh. Oh, that would be so good and then <laughs> then we like you know it's equal, a deal e- it's a deal, it's we, a equal, deal. <laughs> we, we equal it out yes um, oh my what did i promise right now <laughs> you have it on tape <laughs> but tell me i mean just really about like hip-hop because it's so interesting it's such a consistent thread throughout your life like just from growing up you were dancing you were listening you were surrounded by environment where people are listening to hip-hop and so you grew up with it and still today it's not something you were like oh I did it as a kid and today you like it's a continuous thread where you thrive and you build communities around it so where did this passion this spark started that's a good question I would say like when I was really really young because uh, I never felt really Turkish I never felt really German and obviously hip-hop is not a Turkish or German culture so it was always a mix of these three cultures so i like to say i grew up with three cultures mm-hmm. which you one know? is the third one hip-hop yeah. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah because hip-hop is not just music right yeah. so it's a huge culture yeah. we have different touch points with dancing art and everything and also values mm-hmm. and i think that's the point where it get like really strong and i felt kind of home and i felt like I belong to the group, you know, it's, I think when you're young, you still, you always want to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And when I started dancing in the youth center, because we, uh, my parents didn't want to spend money for schools, dancing schools were, were like really expensive, you know, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, find a youth center where you can dance. So I started dancing there after listening a lot of hip hop music from MTV and radio stations. And this group of people who went to the youth center because they couldn't pay any <laughs> dance schools, had like the same problems, the same issues at home, even though they're from the parents are from China or from uh, Nigeria or from whatever. We kind of shared the same values because we were so amazed by the hip hop culture and obviously also music and dancing in That's this great. culture. So it was very like supportive and kind environment. Yeah, it, it kind of gave you an identity, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like, OK, I don't belong there and there, but kind of here mm-hmm. because we all like see each other as a human being and not like 
oh, you speak a different language, so you're different, or mm-hmm. you look different, which is like, you know, still a problem. <laughs> but it is, yeah, yeah, and there I felt it felt like it, it's not a problem. The challenge was you must be good in what you do. Like, I love it. And you also organize dance battles. Yes. Oh my God. That <laughs> so was so Do you so still fun. do that today? No. <laughs> I would be so keen. I would be like, oh yeah, I heard, heard Sherry's doing dance battles. <laughs> would you come? Yeah. Totally. Would you attend? I would, I would, I would actually no. challenge you or, or get challenged. Really? But I don't know about like the <laughs> hip hop, but maybe something more like weird. Yeah, sure. But Maybe so, contemporary. Yeah, better. something. Yes. I would be so keen. I love it. But tell me, how did you come to that idea? When you're in this kind of areas, like the youth center, imagine a house with a lot of kids and yeah, young people spending their time there, right? So we were a group where we focused on freestyling. So we have in hip hop also the commercial side, you can, you know, learn some choreographies and then you go to Nike and, you know, they book you for something or some artists for their music video. But we were more like on the freestyling, like, yeah, we're the better ones because we have our own style kind of stuff, you know. For But for this, you need battles, you know, because you have to prove every time that you're evolving and you, you know, develop yourself to the next level. And that's why we start organizing because in Berlin, there were not that much uh, compared to NRV, for example, uh, on the west side of uh, Germany. And then you go to initiatives where you can get money from the government for like social work, something like a foundation, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, you have to write a concept. It's like, yeah, we want to do battle because, you know, we get to know each other and it's cultural and everything. And there where we get the money from, you know, to book the judges. The, uh, to get oh, the location, wow. to give the DJ money for the equipment and so on. And yeah, that was that was something we did together in the crew. And I think we were like one of the last that did it really big in Berlin. That's amazing. And there's still like videos available. Oh, you found that? No, I'm, oh, so I <laughs> wish. I, I, saw, I saw one video of you dancing in ah, a music okay. clip, but I haven't seen like... Oh, which one? I have to I have to remind okay, myself. Crazy, we found it because no one like really. Well, I am doing my research <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, when it comes to that, I'm really like, hmm, let's yeah. see what I can see. But that's also like something that you mentioned that you know when we talk about this is not such a long time ago, but then your passion for hip hop and the music grew. However, when was the moment where you were conflicted in terms of what's next for you, like professionally, like let's say you're a young adult or teenager, and there's this moment of, okay, where parents come to you and they say, you know what, like you need to become something and Mm. you need to build, I don't know, your independence and find a profession. How were you feeling and were you conflicted? But moreover, what did you decide for really at that moment? Yeah, that was always a topic, to be honest, like growing up with financial struggles, of course, and you you want to save that for your future, right? And both of your parents are from Turkey, right? So they came to Germany? Yes. Okay. My parents were also, you need to study, you're a Turkish girl in Germany, you can't just, you know, chill your life, you need to go to your uh, Universität, and then not the normal, you know, you have to go to FU, you know, it's like, they always try to push me. And when I was dancing, there was actually really a point where I was thinking of being more creative, like going the creative way only, or like going the business way because I was studying economics. So it's like completely two different sides, right? Mm -hmm. And I was always thinking about the way to combine it, like my passion to music, dance and art and the way of, you know, business 
and how you can do business. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe the music industry is the best way to combine it. It was just imagination, to be honest. But did you knew like successful women there or you heard no. about like, so there were no role models. I knew a lot of men working in the event industry, mm -hmm. which was also kind of connected to the music industry. If you think about concerts and festivals, you know, so I was like, okay, maybe that's the first step because I organized battles. So that's also an event, you know, <laughs> and then I, really that was like the point. I was like, I'm studying and I organized events. So maybe you know it's a good way to jump in and they were like yeah it seems like you know what you're doing so you can start here as an internship for example then i started in the event industry and then from there i was like work like when i when i was working in the event industry i worked with artists i booked them for the festivals and uh and the concerts so i was like oh that's interesting because i saw the managers of the artists and i was like okay Seems like there's a fun job outside. And if you know the Universal Music offices, it's like a huge building, right? Next to the Warschauer or Straße. And I mean, if you're young and you drive by, it's like, I'm like, it's crazy. It looks so big with the lights and everything. And I was like, I want to work there when I'm 40. So that was just a stupid, you know, like. Idea, right? Yes. Like, I didn't know how. I was like, yeah. Gonna make, but you did make it. You didn't know, but you were making the steps yes. towards it. But yeah. also working, I mean, you worked for like some time, five years or so with artists and labels, like as a label manager. How did it feel for you to work with so many artists? And what were your like main takeaways being surrounded by these creatives and artistic people? Mm -hmm. So the label I was working at was doing German rap. So it was uh, really focused on local domestic artists and uh, if you look at German rap you have a lot of people uh, POCs actually you know from different cultures and uh, what I recognized is that when I work with this artist and we have like this like similar migration uh, history it was easier to communicate and there I recognized that it's a win you know then lose because if you in a university and a business company it's like sometimes you speak different you know and then you feel like kind of wrong oh i don't speak the perfect german i don't know all the rules here because i don't have any parents or family members that could teach me how this kind of areas work you mm -hmm. know but with them i felt like oh we're like you know we can share some points and i understand them and they don't have to explain me everything you know okay so you felt good, you felt comfortable. Yes, with and artists, that's, yes. And that's also a good experience because the more good experiences you have through your path, the more you want to stay and continue working yeah. there. Because I also had a guest on the show who worked in the music industry, but she said it was a very hectic, very discriminatory environment. And after 10 years, she just couldn't bear it anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of people putting kind of sticks into the wheels regularly. And I think, of course, that can happen. But if there are more of those good people that kind of give you lift and support you that makes you want to stay and believe in yourself and believe that okay even if there are bad characters in this industry as well we can try to fix it yeah i would just say that was the artist side like the business side was <laughs> i would you know there are some touch points okay the things you said <laughs> like uh, yeah I would say for me, like for my personal way it was more the business side that where i recognize okay i'm not welcomed here or I need to do more than my colleagues or 
why is X, Y, Z white man getting this job and I need to fight for it for years, you know, kind of thing. So I felt this is more discriminating than some artists don't know how to talk. You know, I was like, okay, you don't know how to talk to me, so we don't talk. That was like more the easiest way to communicate right. than the other way, you know? Yeah, but since you touched on it, I mean, what is actually the situation for women artists and also women working on the business side in the music industry? I kind of changed the sides, you know, like now I work for Amazon Music and when I was working for the label, I had a lot of meetings where I was the only woman mm -hmm. and of course discriminating arguments and situations. And I think also as uh, what I heard from a lot of female artists, they were like, sometimes you're in the studio and you're the only woman and the producer thinks you want to flirt because you're just a woman, you know? Yeah. This type of things happen, of course, you know? And I think if you have allies or if you like network with each other, what was like mm -hmm. something I recognized really late, you can find a way to handle the situation. Of course, it's what, not What nice. do you mean by that? If I experience the same thing and next time you be like, oh, Sherry, you know what? I was in the studio recording my shit and then this happened. I can be an ally. Next time I come with you or I can tell you how to handle the situation. Because sometimes you don't have really influence in the the, the other person, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you can also call the manager of the producer and be like, you know, teach your producer how to talk to artists. Like, this is discriminating, of course. But sometimes it's not that easy, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to balance it out, you know? Okay, so uh, do you feel like you're this figure who is a lot of artists can lean on oh, for your I'm support? Not sure, to be honest. Like, I can, I can give an advice when I had my... Female artists, of course, I was protect, trying to protect them from anything that can happen. I can speak for them if they want, you know. Like, I, I'm, I was ready for this, but I wouldn't say, like, for every female artist. Right, right, right. So but that's good. I mean, that you know that you have the strength, and it's also people know about this, and uh, different yeah. parties know about it. And Yeah, but sometimes it's also tiring to us. Sounds like I'm the superwoman, but I'm not. It's just like, I think, if you've been in these situations you kind of figure it out how to handle it, right? right? But sometimes you don't really have the energy to do it. So I can also understand if you're like, oh, you know what, leave me alone with this. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about this single, If I Want, which mm -hmm. you produced. So part of this single is a six German-speaking hip-hop artists yeah. who are basically performing and, and a part of that. So maybe I should stop talking about it and I should <laughs> hear you talk about what is it about and why it was so important. So this project was so important because we saw at a point that female acts um, didn't get the same visibility as male acts, you know? In hip-hop. In hip-hop. This particular single, If I Want, the purpose of it. Um, yeah, so we want to, wanted to give more visibility for some female acts on our roster, but also in general. So we tried to collect a few female artists rapping or singing doesn't matter like we try to find a good combination and it was kind of personal but also like a business thing like the visibility for female artists and me trying to do a nice female project because this is something never someone never did before so i was really into it you know because i also wanted to do the the people behind the camera we're all most female, like oh. most of them, not all, to be honest, because sometimes it's not that easy. Yeah. But even our sponsor, the marketing manager, was female. So I was like That's so cool. proud Woman about power. it. Yes. And we did the music video, for example. 
female force uh, also is like the uh, it's a collaborative of female directors and DOPs and everything. So we not just did a female track. We also tried to show the industry, look, if you want to work with female, it's possible. Like there are some people, that, mm -hmm. you know, they can perform, they can produce a music video. Like you can find it in cases where people say like, oh, those people do not exist. And you're yeah. like, well, here they are. But what what was the single itself about? So, so the text is, it's like when I want, I can do everything what I want, kind of, you know, okay. but it doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. I think it's different. If you listen to the text, some girls talking about cars and, you know, if she wants, she can drive this car or, you know, it's still mixed with cool materialic stuff. So it's not really, how do you say that, like not really feministic fighting song. Yeah. But the message is don't look what other people say, you know, mm -hmm. just try to figure out who you are and try to figure what you want and go after it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And how many streams did you get for it? I don't. I'm not sure. It's so long time ago that. I didn't but I was check. reading million. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was million. But it was. I think now it's more. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really good playlisted, and the marketing was on point because you know I didn't know. Joking, <laughs> but it, it was. It was uh, so something. All the, all the artists uh, listening are like uh, writing down. Okay, next time we write to Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to get million streams. No, I mean the story was good. You know. We did a female song where we worked with female behind the camera and we have like a message. Mm -hmm. So it was not easy, but it was easier than just promoting a normal single because right. you could. I there was went, a story. There was a story yes. behind it. But when you say like marketing was good, what do you mean by that? How did you market it? So the intention was no one can get over it. Like everyone will see it. That was my mission, Ooh. you know, I mean, the industry, you know, I mean, of course, I don't know what Schlager listeners would, if they would <laughs> see it or not. But I was like, if I work with all the streaming partners, uh, with the social media, like TikTok, Instagram, whatever, I directly talked with them. I was like, you know, this is the message, that's the project, you need to promote this, we need to do something together, because it's important. And I mean, so you were approaching people behind the streaming platforms and behind even like TikTok, Instagram, yeah. so like, the country leads like to really, yeah, yeah. So you, it was not just about running the ads, but like them wanting to have this content, the single, mm -hmm. being part of their platform, basically. Yes. Yes. Interesting all came together so amazing no it sounds like success and no surprise that amazon music was like we need to get yeah. this girl <laughs> we need to get this girl on board so yeah. they were like who is this a star and maybe just can explain in a couple of words like what does it mean that you are head of hip-hop at amazon music like what does it stand for what does it stand for and why did um, you decide like why did it feel right for you I mean, that's the best way to combine my passion uh, with business, right? And I was so excited to change the sides from label to streaming um, mm -hmm. because I felt like that was the last station at the label. You know, I didn't feel like there's more to achieve uh, in this kind of area. So I was like, okay, maybe the other side looks nicer interesting <laughs> but yeah it's also just to learn more to be honest you know because okay. i wasn't really expert in streaming uh, i just knew the stuff that i have to knew for my artist but it's more now i recognize it's more <laughs> you know so i love it so you're you're 
basically exploring like the different sides of the hip hop uh, of the music scene and yeah. and all the people and uh, groups that kind of build this. I mean, there's so much potential right now happening, as you said, with labels and independent artists and yeah. streaming platforms growing. I think it's just beautiful to see how much effort and energy is put into it. It's skyrocketing. And how, you know, what I was curious also to ask you, like, working now having a good overview of like the business side, but also working on the label side and working with artists, how do young and inspiring artists, and maybe we keep it to Germany, because if, yeah. <laughs> if we talk about US, like this is like a way different conversation. Mm -hmm. But how can they get really recognized? How can they get to the top? Because the competition is so high these oh, days. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. I can't really give a playbook right now, because I think the playbook you will get every time is do TikTok, do social media <laughs> and everything. So my advice always was uh, work on your craft. You know, like be really into your music, like really know what you're doing, even try to produce, you know, like more into the art you're doing and not just I want to sing. Okay, let's start singing, choose a beat and that's it. You know, I think so you, you have to be more multifaceted these days, like you need to be able to I wouldn't write, even, produce. No, yeah, it would be nice, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, but I wouldn't even say these days, I would say in general, It's better to really know your art, how you produce, how, why do you sing, you know, find some techniques and everything. Because even if you have like a hit, let's say you did TikTok and then you have a hit, you don't know what happens after that. It's so hard like to catch on, you know. But if you know your craft, you know how you did the first step. So you will also know how to do the second one. True. But sometimes it feels like it's a mere luck. Yeah. But what's after, you know, like... Tell me uh, five hit makers that's still like on top for right. now, like these days. Let's say TikTok hits. Like how many, you know, I know a lot, you know, but I don't know all of the artists. Interesting. Yeah. So, so someone should not be discouraged if they haven't had this like hit no. of like, I don't know, one million views and I don't know, half a million likes. Because today this is a definition of if you're going to be noticed or not. Yeah. But you would say that there's still hope for someone to build something interesting and big, even if they were just not lucky. They just didn't hit the... I know. mean, that doesn't mean not to use TikTok, right? Still use it. Like, it's a tool. Before TikTok and Instagram, like, you needed to have a PR agent that can, you know, promote your stuff for a magazine. Like, reading and listening, you know, <laughs> it's like so separate ways of recognizing emotion. But uh, now you have the tools in your hand. So I wouldn't say don't use it, mm -hmm. but do it parallel, you know, like if you need more time in your music, spend more time there and then bear a little bit time for learning how to use these tools. Yeah. Or just write Sherry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I was like really into uh, working with artists when I quit uh, my job at Universal because I know a lot of artists, right? But I feel so exhausted of doing this uh, label management work mm. because I think my mind works more in between like this bringing brands and artists together. That's actually what I do in at Amazon Music, right? So mm. I'm also a creative person. So I can work with another creative and try to put the creative on top and, you know, try to promote it. But sometimes I have also my ideas. So I try to collect them and then combine it with 
good money and good artists and then you know at the end tada you have a nice product so i love it so tell me i mean you also started your own podcast uh femcraft mm -hmm. how come this topic and how is it going so it comes back to your point when you asked me like um or when you talked about the experience from the other woman you were interviewing i experienced also similar stuff so i was confused why because i was working really hard over times and everything and i was like wow something is going wrong here you know and i didn't have any role models or mentors or whatever to exchange uh, especially when it comes to challenges that i had and felt like i just have them because i'm poc i listened to a lot of business podcasts a lot of psychological podcasts and they all helped me you know try to figure out how to handle situations in meetings whatever or how to talk about your salary and everything but Still wasn't the same, and I was like, I, f I missed like a sister that could help me and tell me, you know what, I've been through that, so try this. Mm -hmm. And um, I love podcasts, so I was like, why not? You know, uh, and I learn easier by uh, listening. Mm -hmm. Where do you listen to you to the podcasts usually? I think the most podcasts I listened when it was Corona, of course, and I was cleaning my house. Like everybody cleaning the house, even if it was already clean, but cleaning my stuff. But today we need new solutions for podcasts. For my, for yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, for listening, listening podcasts, we need new ways of embracing it. Ah, uh, okay. What, what, um, what else? I mean, I do like bike or like, oh. or, or. But why are you driving? Like home work, or work? Okay. Or, mm -hmm. or if I'm commuting or if I have flights, this mm -hmm. is perfect. Yeah. Especially like. Yeah. flights yeah flights because you feel like eight hours feels like four hours <laughs> yeah that's also the same I, i even drive by um before gate to my work because i i say it like that because it's one hour from my home you know and i was like okay so that's the time the only time where i can listen to a podcast or read a book because other time other ways it's like It's a waste of time. Yes, yeah. yes. I Driving like, car like an hour is like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, and so the Femcraft was was your way yes. of finding that sister. Yes, I was like, okay, if, if there's no, let me create some. So how many sisters do you have now? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. Like we're at the sec uh, third season now. So two uh, already recorded and uh, it's crazy. It's so nice. I learned so much. And I also saw them connecting with each other, doing projects, you know. And I'm, of course, it's not uh, number five, one top podcast on whatever, but it's for me the top podcast, you know. It That's feels, I don't know, I wouldn't even stop even if it was no one listening because I learned so much by just talking to this kind of people. Yeah, and I think, you know, as independent podcasters, we have to continue because this is our perspective on like especially we both interview women so mm -hmm. it's our perspective on leadership women building those stories and transmitting those stories to our audience and if we're not doing it then who is doing it and then yeah. the other stories might be have completely different views pain mm -hmm. points and i think uh, the more perspectives there are the more conversation angles to the conversations there are the better it is for you know young aspiring musicians or artists or just future business owners to to find uh, this north star mm -hmm. so where can people listen to femcraft everywhere where you can listen to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> you're very diplomatic <laughs> 
But check me up at uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, there's also a link in my bio to find all the information. And uh, yeah, give me your feedback if you listen to it. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to your audience. Like yes. It was <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the way to go. But are you more active on Instagram or LinkedIn? I'm trying. It's so hard. I was like writing today my first post for LinkedIn because tomorrow my trailer will come online. For what? Uh, for the third uh, season. <gasps> oh, nice. It's just me talking about what's going will happen this year and everything. So I was uh, writing, okay, what's my problem right now? My problem is to promote this podcast because I don't know how to promote it right. You know, it feels like I know how to promote an artist. I know how to promote a brand, but I don't know how to promote my own fucking podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, you need to show yourself and you need to do stories and everything. But I feel like I'm like, yes, but. The reason why I do podcasts is because it's no video, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so it's just like struggling. If you have any advice. There's, I mean, it's ongoing struggle because it's basically the more time you invest in it, into it, it's better. But you have, a, we both have full-time yeah. jobs and then it becomes, uh, it becomes like you're just like a lizard, you know, <laughs> <laughs> going through the cracks and like, okay, hold on, let me see yeah. how I find it. No, that's cool. But otherwise, ask ChatGBT. Oh my God, I was testing that. That's so nice. Yeah, just ask it. Uh, <laughs> Sherry, <laughs> before we wrap up this episode today, and I really feel like I can talk to you the whole evening long, I'm curious to know about your woman author of achievement. And this question I ask to all my guests, I'm always curious, what if there's more surprises out there? Mm -hmm. Like if you can surprise me with the name that you will bring up today. I think I can surprise you, but... I don't know if I can surprise your audience because she's really well known uh, in Germany. Um, Stephanie Stahl, psychologist and uh, bestseller author of several books about your psych. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. One here is The Child in You. Yeah. And another one is Yes, No, Maybe. Yeah. So okay. basically, you just learn about yourself and try, yeah. I've, I felt like I can understand myself better. What is one thing you learned about yourself from reading? Well, one thing? <laughs> There's so many things. I understand where my hustle comes from, you know? You mean like restlessness? Yes. Okay. And why it's good and bad at the same time. Because before that, I was like, you know, it was normal. I didn't even question it. Mm -hmm. I was like, of course I need to hustle. Like, hey, <laughs> There's no other way. But understanding where it comes from, it's easier to rest And that was one thing. But, you know, behind this is even a lot of more that I recognized. And I went back to my childhood, to be honest. Like Interesting. And yeah. this is, was the one, The Child in You. Mm -hmm. It was the, the first book I read. And then I listened to all her podcasts and everything that I can find, you know. Oh, wow. So, like you're like groupie. Yeah, kind of. You're, yes. you're basically a groupie yes. of and Stephanie. Yeah, and she's like really direct and strict in her explaining things. So m sometimes people feel like, you know, not really, it's not that type of listening to someone, but for me it's the perfect way so I can, you know. Straightforward yes. and direct. Cool, yes, it, it is a surprise. Stephanie Stahl, I am now curious about this book, The Child and You. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's Is it in English? Can you read? Yes, there's oh, also in English. Oh. Um, so I'm, I'm let me know what you curious. think maybe I read in German 
Yo. <laughs> you know, don't don't judge quickly. <laughs> but this is amazing. I think that's the wrap of our conversation today, Sherry. And uh, I'm super happy to have you in the studio. As I said, it's the first time I talk about hip hop and a more like deep dive into the music industry. So it's great to see there's such inspiring, smart, charismatic women like you in the hip hop scene. I'm already naturally driven to it. And I'm already, although I'm more like a house music gal, mm -hmm. but now I'm like, hmm, uh, I want to I join the dance battle. I want to see what you're <laughs> doing. I want to I wanna explore it more. Because I think it's, a, as you said, it's a beautiful community. It's a strong, supportive community and you're building something big. And actually, I believe German hip hop scene is huge in Berlin and mm -hmm. in Germany. So there's like a lot of potential uh, there. So thank you for sharing your story. And I'm definitely excited for your episode releases coming up on Femcraft and uh, seeing what else comes for you. Thank you again for asking me these nice questions. And I'm just waiting for you to come to Femcraft, you know? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon. <laughs>